Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. I'm so glad to see you all here. Sorry about being late this morning. Um, I got up this morning early and actually was relieved of the pain that I'd been having. So I praise Jesus and I thank you all for the ones that prayed for me and prayed for that relief. And because I got that relief, it was it was so nice and I needed to get some things done. And then I saw that it was so we were supposed to be having flurries, according to what my weather thing said, although it lied. It was so wrong. And those of us in the South, we either love or hate snow. And I am one of those that really do love the snow. Um, I don't want it all the time, but when we get it, I enjoy it so much that I get giddy like a kid in a candy store. And so I was... I was so excited to see. And so I went outside and I was like, okay, well, this will rearrange my day. And, and then I get out there and I noticed there was no flurries. And I'm like, hmm. well, thank you government for lying to me yet again, which, you know, I've come to expect that from them, but it was still, it was kind of sad. So then I rearranged my day again and needed to get some laundry done. And cause I hang mine out on the line when I can. And so I had to get some laundry done, and in the mix of that, I made a big mess and with, with the dog food. I knocked it over, and so I was then having to get out my, I've got a little Dyson, and I got that out, and while I was trying to vacuum, it kept turning off on me, and I don't know if y'all know about the Dyson um, stick vacuums, but those, if they get a little bit of clog in it, it will not work. And so then I had to go fixing that. And while I was fixing that, my clothes finished. So I needed to get the jeans out on the line. And long story short, I got delayed. Um, but I'm here and we're here. And I'm so glad to have you all here. Um, this morning, we were, I'm going to go in back into Job. We left off on... Um, Thursday with we finished in chapter seven and I'll touch a little bit about what we had covered for those that weren't here. Uh, before I do, though, Job is a very hard book for a lot of people. Um, it's one of my favorites and it's my favorites because of it's a it's a work of grace. Um, and that's something that Job learns throughout um his entire process is that he's having to change his theology and the way that he, he thought in order to come to see what God was trying to teach him. And, you know, it wasn't God that allowed the bad things to happen to him. It was, it was the devil and God doesn't do anything bad to us. That's usually things that are of evil and it's important to know that so that way it'll help you to discern. And so I wanted to talk about, because a lot of people have issues with, and myself included, it's hard to, our families are irreplaceable. You can't replace the person at all. Um, and so Job does, you know, that book goes through, he loses a lot. Just in the first chapter, we learned, you know, he, he's got... People come in to tell him, you know, he's lost his his cattle, which that's his that's his money, you know, what we consider his money now. That's that was his money, that was his wealth. And then he loses his family and 
his health starts declining. And sometimes, you know, and even Job was like, why, why is this, you know, what have I done? I don't think I've done anything. And so something came to me this morning that I did want to read. And it's in Matthew, it's Matthew 12. Just one second. Let me get to that page. Matthew 12, 46 through 50. And this is where, um, I'm just going to read it here. While he was still speaking, it's talking about Jesus. While he was still speaking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brothers were standing outside seeking to speak to him. And someone said to him, behold, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. But he answered the one who was telling him and said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, behold, my brother, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. And so this is part of the the lesson, I think, that is being taught by Job. And just to kind of go back through through Job, and I found a wonderful series on YouTube. I shared it in Christ Followers and Knickknacks um, for those of you who are interested. Um, it's I think it's Cornerstone is the name of the church. Um, sorry about my allergies, too. Y'all hear me sniffling some. It's Pastor Alan Nolan, and I believe it was um, Cornerstone, but I want to make sure. I had just found this um, channel recently. It's Cornerstone Fellowship. The gentleman, um, the pastor, has a really good way of explaining it and breaking down um, the book of Job, which was wonderful. And he, he teaches about how Satan is behind evil, not God. And the book never does say why God allows evil to exist. It's something that comes later on. And we don't really kind of learn about that. But we do learn that, you know, at this time, Job was relying on the works and sacrifices that he's offering up. And he still has that works mentality. Um, now, I want to say something, and this may make some people a little upset, but I did agree with this pastor on this passage. Um, in the King James Version for Job um, one twenty one, and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, like a baby, not naked like, you know, being a disgrace naked or inappropriate, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I grew up Southern Baptist and we grew up knowing the Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. But God did not. God was not the one that took it away. Um, God noticed that Satan was fixated on Job. And so God told Satan that Satan could, but he could. Um, let me find the verse. In Job 1.8. Actually, I'm going to back up. 1.6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. 
And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? And this is NASB 1977 um, Bible that I'm reading from. And he's, he's saying, Have you considered my servant Job? God knew because he is omnipotent and like Satan. God knew that Satan was already noticing Job. And he continues, for there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Has thou not made a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But put, put forth thy hand now and touch all that he has. He will surely curse thee to thy face. And so Satan's saying that the only reason why Job fears God is because God has, you know, given him everything that he's needed and, and then some. And he's trying to say, oh, well, if you put forth your hand and touch all that he has, he's going to, you know, and take away, then he's going to curse you to your face. But then the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. So Satan was the one that caused these things to happen to Job. It was not God. It was not the will of God. But because God knew that, that Satan was fixated on him and God was not going to cause him harm. And that's why, you know, all the things that come to us. And that's why I, I really agreed with uh, that pastor when I was listening to that. It really rang true to me because God, and you can see this in your life, you know, things that when you're going through day to day trying to discern, is this from God? Is this something God's telling me? And if it's good, you know it's from God. But if it's bad, we all know it's from it's not of God. It's not of him. It's of evil. So. God is even saying right here in the scripture, you know, I'm not, if you want to, you can, but don't harm him. Don't, don't physically harm him. And so that's why that verse, that, that verse is really, I have an issue with that verse. Good morning, Ryan. Glad to see you here, brother. Be safe. Okay. Um, the Lord gave, but the Lord did not take away. And Job right there is saying that the Lord has gave and the Lord has taken away. But he's still blessing the name of the Lord. So he's still not cursing God. He's just see, he's thinking that, hey, if God gives it to me, God can surely take it away because it's him that give it to me. And that's where a lot of people think, well, if we do good deeds and we do good, then we're going to get rewarded with good. If we do bad. Or bad things happen to, uh, to us. It must be because it's the works of God. That we've done something wrong. And that's not the case. So I wanted to clarify that. Before we started further into the readings. Yes. God only allowed it. Satan did have to have his permission. Because God is in control. But it wasn't God. That, that, uh, that did that to him. The actual 
bad things that happened to Job was not because of God. It was not God's doing. It was Satan's doing. And when we go through some of these other chapters, because we'll we'll start in eight today where we left off. Um, it's important to know as we go through that to keep that in mind, um, because, you know, when we left off in seven, um, Job is starting to hate his life. His health has declined. You know, he's he's questioning. He's he's starting to question his own theology and saying, have I sinned? What have I done to thee? And he's trying to think, OK, well, is there something that I've done? Is there something that that I could have done differently? And even his friends try to, you know, say that that it's something that Job did that he just doesn't realize. And that's because at this time, you know, Job and this is actually the second in the chronological order. This is the second book that would come after Genesis from what I have gotten in this. Um, I've got an illustrated dictionary of Bible life and times. Um, that I picked up on our thrift date Saturdays and I was able to go through and look at it. And, you know, we can't earn our, we can't earn grace. We're all sinners and we all deserve death. And that's the issue that is being presented in this book is that it's by his amazing grace and the grace of that Jesus gave us is that how we get into heaven? It's not, it's not a works mentality. And that's what changes throughout this, this whole book is that Job goes from that works mentality to that grace mentality. And that's where a lot of people need to understand and start thinking that we can't earn God's favor. Nothing we do can get us into heaven. There's nothing. And so just like with Job, Job is about grace. And that's the unmerited favor of God towards man is grace. That's why I love the song Amazing Grace. It rings so true because that's how good, you know, good people don't get into heaven because they they don't have that grace from God. They don't accept that. And bad people can get into heaven because they have God. And that's something that's very, very difficult and that a lot of people struggle with, myself included, because it's hard to understand how someone like Bill Gates or even this is bad to say, but like Joe Biden or Jeffrey Epstein and people that are child traffickers and molesters and things like that. It's very hard to rationalize, but it's not our place to rationalize that. That's that's in God's hands. That's God's judgment to deliver. We just have to understand that it's not works that get us into heaven. It's grace. It's only by grace and the ABCs, the accepting uh, Jesus Christ as our Savior, believing in our hearts that he, he died on the cross and was resurrected and forever paid for our sins. And then we confess our sins with our mouths and ask for forgiveness. Those ABCs are how we get, I mean, not just that, but the grace is how we get in by following those. That's how we're saved is the ABCs. So we start um, Job 8 with Bill Dad says God rewards the good. And that's based off of human tradition and what the ancestors have taught. Then Bill Dad, the Shuite, 
answered, how long will you say these things and the words of your mouth be a mighty wind? Does God pervert justice or does the almighty pervert what is right? If your son sinned against him, then he delivered them into the power of their transgression. If you would seek God and implore the compassion of the almighty, if you are pure and upright, surely now he would rouse himself for you and restore your righteous estate. Through, though your beginning was insignificant, yet your end will increase greatly. Please inquire of past generations and consider the things searched out by their fathers. For we are only of yesterday and know nothing, because our days on earth are as a shadow. Will they not teach you and tell you and bring forth words from their minds? Can the papyrus, yeah, papyrus grow up without marsh? Can the rushes grow without water? While it is still green and not cut down, yet it withers before any other plant. So see, he's he's relying on the experiences of the ancestors. And so, you know, even Bildad, Bildad is coming out of a place of love. Bildad loves Job. His friends love him. And that's why they're coming, trying to help him, because they they hear of what's going on and all of the tragedies that was going on in Job's life from, from his children dying to him losing all of his wealth and possessions. And I mean, he just lost so much so fast. So his friends are like, okay, we got to go help him out. And, and they're coming from a place of love. They're not coming to, um, to criticize or to be rude or anything like that. They're coming out of love. Job 8.13. So are the paths of all who forgot God and hope of the godless will perish. Whose confidence is fragile and whose trust a spider's web. He trusts in his house, but it does not stand. He holds fast to it, but it does not endure. He thrives before the sun and his shoots spread out over his, over his garden. His roots wrap around a rock pile. He grasps a house of stones. If he is removed from his place, then it will deny him, saying, I never saw you. Behold, this is the joy of his way, and out of the dust others will spring. Lo, God will not reject a man of integrity, nor will he support the evildoers. He will yet fill your master and your lips with shouting. Those who hate you will be clothed with shame, and the tent of the wicked will be no more. So they're trying to say, built out here is trying to say that... I'm in chapter eight. I'm about to go to chapter nine of Job. Um, here, Bildad is trying to say that Job's failures is what produced the bad things, but it was not. Good morning, Anita. Sorry about that, honey. I'm glad you were able to make it. It's so good to see you. Um, Job nine. Job says there is no arbitrator between God and man. Then Job answered, in truth, know that this is so, but how can a man be in the right before God? If one wished to dispute with him, he could not answer him once in a thousand times. Wise in heart and mighty in strength, who has defied him without harm? It is God who removes the mountains. They know not how. When he overturns them in his anger, who shakes the earth out of its place and its pillars tremble? Who commands the sun not to shine and sets a seal upon the stars? Who alone stretches out the heavens and tramples down the waves of the sea? 
who makes the bear, Orion and the Pleiades, in the chambers of the south, who does great things, unfathomable, and wondrous works without number. We, were he to pass by me, I would not see him. Were he to move past me, I would not perceive him. Were he to snatch away, who could not restrain? Who could restrain him? Who could say to him, "What art thou doing?" God will not turn back his anger. Beneath him crouch the helpers of Rahab. How then, how then can I answer him and choose my words before him? For though I were right, I could not answer. I would have to implore the mercy of my judge. If I called and he answered me, I could not believe that he was listening to my voice. For he bruises me with a tempest and multiplies my wounds without cause. He will not allow me to get my breath but saturates me with bitterness. If it is a matter of power, behold, he is the strong one. And if it's a matter of justice, who can summon him? Though I am righteous, my mouth will condemn me. Though I am guiltless, he will declare me guilty. I am guiltless. I do, do not take notice of myself. I despise my life. It is all one. Therefore, I say he destroys the guiltless and the wicked. If the scourge kills, scourge kills suddenly, he mocks the despair of the innocent. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covers the faces of its judges. If it is not he, then who is it? Now my days are swifter than a runner. They flee away. They see no good. They slip by like reed boats, like an eagle that swoops on its prey. Though I say I will forget my complaint, I will leave off my sad countenance and be cheerful. I am afraid of all my pains. I know that thou wilt not acquit me. I am accounted wicked. Why then should I toil in vain? If I should wash myself with snow and cleanse my hands with lye, yet thou wouldst plunge me into the pit, and my own clothes would abhor me. For he is not a man as I am, that I may answer him, that we may go to court together. There is no umpire between us. Who may lay his hand upon us both? Let him remove his, his rod from me, and let not dread of him terrify me. Then I would speak and not fear him, but I am not like that in myself. So he's, you know, he's sitting there saying, oh, you know, he doesn't know what he's done, but he knows that he's still not able to go and confront God about it because God's the one that makes everything. So He's thinking, okay, well, God must have a reason for this. It must be something of God's doing that has caused all of this stuff on me because there's nothing that he could think of he did. Job 10. Job despairs God's dealings. I loathe my own life. I will give full vent to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say to God, do not condemn me. Let me know why thou contend with me while thou while thou dost contend with me sorry guys is it right for thee indeed to oppress to reject the labor of thy hands and to look favorably on the schemes of the wicked hast thou eyes of flesh or dost thou, thou see as a man sees are they are thy days as the days of a mortal or thy years as a man's years that thou shalt shouldst seek for my guilt and search after my sin. 
According to thy knowledge, I am indeed not guilty. Yet there is no deliverance from thy hand. Thy hands fashioned and made me altogether, and wouldest thou destroy me? Remember now that thou hast made me as clay, and wouldest thou turn me into dust again? Didst thou not pour me out like milk, and curdle me like cheese? Clothe me with skin and flesh, and knit me together with bones and sinews? Thou hast granted me life and loving kindness, and thy care has preserved my spirit. Yet these things thou hast concealed in thy heart, I know that this is within thee. If I sin, then thou, thou wouldest take note of me, and wouldest not acquit me of my guilt. If I am wicked, woe to me. And if I am righteous, I dare not lift up my head. I am sated with disgrace and conscious of my, my misery. And should my head be lifted up, thou wouldest hunt me like a lion. And again, thou wouldest show thy power against me. Thou dost renew thy witnesses against me and increase thine anger toward me. Hardship after hardship is with me. Why then hast thou brought me out of the womb? Would that I had died and no eye had seen me? I should have been as though I had not been, carried from womb to tomb. Would he not let my few days alone? Withdraw me, withdraw from me that I may have a little cheer before I go. And I shall not return to the land of darkness and deep shadow, the land of utter gloom as darkness itself, of deep or of, of deep shadow without order, and which shines as the dark. So Job's still trying to say, you know, God made him, God formed him. Why, you know, he, he's not questioning God, but he's trying to think in his mind, like. And while talking with Bill Dad's like, why, why, what have I done? I can't think of anything that I've done. So it'd be better off just to, you know, to not even have me be born. I should have been born and died or not even born at all. That's what he was saying. Even in, um, was it Job seven when he was talking about, About how he should not have even been born. I think it was seven. I'm looking here. I'm pretty sure it was Joe seven, but I do not see it right this second. So I'm not going to waste, I'm not really wasting time, but I don't want to spend too much time on that and waste your time. So I'm going to continue on with Job 11. Um, Zophar is coming now. Then Zophar, the Namathite answered, shall a multitude of words go unanswered and a talkative man be acquitted? Shall your boast silence men? And shall you scoff and none rebuke? For you have said, my teaching is pure, and I am innocent in your eyes. But would that God might speak and open his lips against you and show you the secrets of wisdom. For sound wisdom has two sides. 
Know then that God forgets a part of your inequity. Can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? They are as high as the heavens. What can you do? Deeper than Sheol, what can you know? Sheol is uh, like Hades. It's a place of, of darkness. Um, I've got a good note on that. Just one second. Well, I had a good note on that. Um, I was in another Bible study the other day when we were discussing about hell and about the different places in between. It was really good, too. But Sheol is, is the real dark, dark place of, of hell. I don't see it here. I must have put it somewhere in my Bible. Let me see if it's in the front of my Bible. That was broke down really good. And I am not here. It is okay. Nope, that's not it. That's all the Psalms. Prayer requests. Sorry, guys. I'll find it here in a minute, maybe. It was really good. It has like hell kind of like as in the center of the earth. And it was really, really good. The breakdown of it was great. And it seems that I have put it in one of these Bibles that I am just not sure of which one it's in. And God does not want to reveal it to me right this second, I guess. keep notes in so many different places that sometimes it's hard to keep up with. And I think I tore it out the other day. I was looking for something else and I wanted to save it. So I tore it out when I was looking on that. Um, I think it was Rick had shared with us about the, um, where they were trying to the NG191 protocol and NG163 um, about the remdesivir and Ativan and the palliative care funding review. I was going through that, and that's when I think I tore it out because I wanted to keep this other together, and I put, placed it in one of my Bibles, and it just seems like I am not finding it. When I do, I will share it with y'all because it was really good. It was a wonderful breakdown about um heaven and hell and sheol and it's got a really good picture but sheol is is definitely not where you want to go
back to Job 11, 9, and I'll probably stop when we finish 11 just because of the time. Its measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he passes by or shuts up or calls an assembly, who can restrain him? For he knows false men and he sees inequity without investigating. And an idiot will become intelligent when the foal of a wild donkey is born a man. If you would direct or prepare your heart right and spread out your hand to him, if inequity is in your hand, put it far away. And do not let wickedness dwell in your tents. Then indeed, you could lift up your face without moral defect, and you would be steadfast and not fear. For you would forget your trouble, as waters that have passed by, you would remember it. And your life would be brighter than noonday. Darkness would be like the morning. Then you would trust, because there is hope. And you would look around and rest securely. You would lie down, and none would disturb you. And many would entreat your favor, but the eyes of the wicked will fail. There will be no escape for them, and their hope is to breathe their last. So this is more of the, Zophar is giving the human merit argument here. It's saying, you know, you can, you can do things to be able to get into heaven. And if he's telling him, you know, if like when he was saying in 1113, if you would direct your heart right. He's trying to say, like, if you repent, then you'd have better days. But Job is saying, you know, he, he doesn't know what he's done that's wrong. He can't think of anything that he's done. And even God, you know, God said that he was the best. He was, you know, the most worthy man. Back in um, Job 1, he was saying, you know, that um, when, and Job 1.8, and the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Which he knew he was. He did. For there is no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. So Job, you know, Job knows that he's, or he's thinking that he's not done anything. And he's like really contemplating, trying to figure out, well, what is there that I could have done? Is there anything that I've done that's, that's been wrong? And so far it's like, well, if you repent, for your sin, then you're going to have better days. And that's still that works mentality versus the grace mentality, because Job's works had been adequate. You know, they'd been sufficient. It wasn't that he did anything wrong. He didn't do, he was completely blameless. Just like Jesus. Jesus was completely, he was a complete blameless man. Jesus came to offer us that grace. And so, you know, it's not that he did anything wrong. Job didn't. But he still has, you know, his friends even have that works mentality. And it's not until later on where Job's theology starts changing. And he's starting to see it now through these things that are going on as he's talking with his friends. He's starting to see, okay, well, yeah, I, I, I didn't do this and I didn't do this and I didn't, you know, all the things that would have been something that at that time he thought, you know, would have merited God punishing him but he's like I didn't do any of those things so so why am I still being punished and he's still not sure why he's been being punished but he knows that he is and he's trying to 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 go through and figure that out and even his friends are still they're like well you've got to have done something can you not figure out what it is you've done can you can you think about something is there anything that you know if you just repent, if you could think about what it is and repent, 
then that repentance will get you in. And it's not that. That's not what's, you know, that's what he's slowly learning is it's not, yes, we should repent of our sins. But this is something that's of the devil's hand. This is not of God's hand. This is not something that that Job necessarily did that was wrong. But God knew that Job, that Satan was already looking at Job. And, and Satan was wanting to try to say, oh, well, you know what, God? If you, know, you, take, if you allow me to take or if you take away everything, God's like, mm, I'm not taking away everything. But you can. Just don't harm, his, don't harm a hair on his head. You know, take away everything if you want, but leave his health, leave him alive. Don't kill him. I can't say leave his health because he did suffer some bad health, but he was not allowed to, to physically harm him and kill him. So I'm going to stop there. We'll pick up Thursday morning. I, we will be on, I'm going to be on the road have, traveling to my daughter's. So I will definitely be back on, um, I'm, I'm thinking and hoping and praying that it will still be the 11 a.m. time that I'm normally on for Sister on Scripture. And we'll pick back up with Job 12. And that day we may go a little bit longer, um, just kind of depending on, on what happens and where the day goes. Um, but I definitely want to pick back up on Job and, and continue this because right now, you know, we're all seeing different things that are happening in our lives and and in this world that it's important that we understand what some of these causes could be and understand that even though we we may do the right things and say the right things that it's not always of God but God's going to always use it for good. God's going to turn all of this bad into good things because that's what he does. What evil intends for bad, God will use for his glory. And that's what's important. And that's why I really love this book. That's It's one of my absolute favorites. Um, it's just a very good reminder of, of grace. So I'm going to um, give y'all a second. I'm going to get me a sip of something to drink before we pray. I already know one prayer request that I've got. Um, but if anybody else has any prayer requests, go ahead and put it down in the chat. And we're going to pray in just
Okay, guys, I got those prayer requests, Dion. Have we got any more before we um, take a moment to pray? All right, um, Ryan, I know you're driving, and I saw someone else was driving, so don't close your eyes and don't bow your head. I don't want you in an accident, um, but those of y'all who aren't, and can just bow your heads, and don't, don't apologize, brother. Mm-mm, no apologies here, sir. You don't need to apologize for that. God knows your heart. He knows our heart, so he knows it better than we know it. You know, and that's what's so amazing is that God knows our hearts and, and our heart's desires. And, and that's why he fulfills that when we ask him. It may not be exactly the way we think, but he, he does listen to us and and wants to to give us great things and those promises that he's he's promised. But we'll go ahead and bow our heads, close our eyes if you can. If you can't, it's okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for the blessing of having these brothers and sisters here together to be able to worship um, you, Father, on on this day and every day in this space together. And, and just having so many of us from different places in not just the U.S., but in the world that come together and have that continual love for you, Father, that we just want to praise you and glorify you. And we're so blessed that you've given us this wonderful space. Father, we come with some heavy hearts today and and we've got some brothers and sisters that are having some issues. Uh, I pray for all of our brothers and sisters, as Emily asked, and that you just continue to guide us and be with us to give us that discernment as we go through every single day to know what is good and from you and what is bad and from evil, Father, because we know we always have to be on the alert because our devil is, the devil is looking to seek someone to devour. And we know that we, we have the power because of you that we can, we can defeat all of this evil we just have to make it be. So, Father, we pray for that discernment for our brothers and sisters, for that guidance, that clarity, that peace, and that comfort for them. Father, I pray for for Sherbert's daughter, um, that you just be with her and, and help guide her to your light, Father, and, and the comfort of you and your loving arms. Um, protect her soul, and if any evil is trying to harm her, Father, we pray that it, it leaves. It, it's not able to be there, and we rebuke that evil, and we send it to hell. Father, for our brother Jeff, we give him and raise him up in huge prayers. He is a wonderful brother in Christ, and he's always here blessing all of us. So, Father, we lift him up as he's got spiritual attacks against him and things that he needs your help and guidance with, Father. So, we pray that you are with him even more so today than you are every other day. Because we know that you're always with him and with each of us. But, Father, we we come to asking you to just guide him and to be with him and to love him. And and, and we, we rebuke this evil that may be trying to attack him. 
or that is um, maybe in his thoughts in his life that that it be dealt with that any kind of darkness be brought to the light and that when it comes to that light that it is extinguished because like, there's nothing that we're going to allow to harm our brother in Christ. Father, we also lift up our sister Lizanella, who's getting attacked by her local patriot group. Father, we ask for the, the clarity for these people and that she continue to fight this good fight and, and trying to bring political leaders that, that have you first, Father, that that seek Christ first, like, like what we were discussing last night and, and how our political founders just, they, they praised you and worshiped you and everything was about you father. And now we see so many politicians that just won't even say your name, or if they do, they misuse it or they try to glorify sin. And father, we know that is not of you. So we, we rebuke all of this evil and and we tell it that it has no place here. It has no place on our on this earth that we're in. It's not our our forever home, but we're here right now. And while we're here, Father, we we're gonna do all that we can to glorify your name. So in part of doing that, we have to get people in positions that can lead and lead with the fight of Christ with the sword of the Holy Spirit and with a mighty coat of armor on. Father, I, re- I pray that all of our brothers and sisters here are reminded of that armor of God in Ephesians, that they keep that on at all times and just constantly stay renewed in your word. Father, I lift up Tim and Gary as Gary has his procedure tomorrow, that he go and everything works smoothly and, and they have a safe trip there and home. For our sister, Nancy, who's going through chemotherapy and still having a hard time, I think, Father, she just is wrapping that up. And, and Father, we pray that you bless her and, and give her relief from this pain and this discomfort. For our sister, Flightworth Mary, I know she was having some sickness yesterday, Father. I pray that that you rid her body of this, this nausea and sickness that has be, become upon her. And that it's it's gone, Father, because we know that you are our ultimate healer and you have that ability. For our sister Jennifer Renee echoes that that she continue to do her morning podcast on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it brings so much light, Father. I I, I praise you for giving us a, another shining light in this darkness that we can see sometimes. That that she continue to shine brightly with your love and continue to to guide others for your to your word father for our sister anita as she's you know we praise you for for all of the blessings that you bestowed on her that she was able to pass her her licensure exam father we we thank you so much for that father i thank you myself for waking up this morning having the breath of my lungs and not hurting father thank you so much for that wonderful blessing and allowing me to get the things that I needed to get done to steward my home properly. Father, I thank you for that. For our brother Ryan and his wife, Angie, Father, I lift them up as they go through the rest of this week and prepare for, for giving of thanks, Father, that, that you bless their family, that you wrap them in your loving arms, and that you continue to meet their needs the way that they need. We know that there's some silent needs, or I feel that maybe some silent needs that Father, I just pray that you come down on them and you fulfill all of those. 
Father, for our brother MSM Liars, that you lift him up and continue his healing and, and the guidance with his family as he leads his household and, and tries to guide them in your word, Father. I pray for everyone that's in this chat um, that's here now, Father, that that you continue to use them to help glorify their name and just come into their lives and and show them what it is to, to be a child of Christ. We all know it. And, and sometimes, though, we just need that continual reminder that we're doing the right thing and that we're on the right path because that a little bit of encouragement goes so far to know that that you love us and that our brothers and sisters love us and, and that guidance and that encouragement. It's, it's so wonderful, Father. So, so we ask that you just protect all of them and, and let them know that this is a hard road, but, but the road that Jesus walked wasn't easy either. And though we are going to be persecuted, the scriptures say it, that we know that if we look for those positive things and those good things, that's what we'll start seeing every day. And that's what I pray for, for all of this family here that you lovingly brought together, Father, because it's by your grace and your glory that, that we have all of these many, many connections from so many different people from all over. For our sister Dee, as she continues to try to, to awaken others in her area and guide them to Christ, for the ones that are going to Thanksgiving dinners this week and, and celebrating with family that may have strife or tension because of political views or or differences of opinions on the vaccination or jab that's killing so many people, or even the ones that, that are trying to find and bring their family and loved ones that aren't saved to you, Father. I pray that you come into their life and their heart and that you fill them with the words that they need to speak. So that way they come from a loving heart and you use them, Father, to help save another soul because none of these souls are going to be able to go to the devil. We're not going to allow that. And I know you don't want that, Father. So so as all of our family just gets out together and, and worships and celebrates with their families nearby and, and even far away, that that you be with them throughout this whole celebration that we're always reminded to, to be grateful and thankful. And, and before everything, just to give thanks to you and praise to you because all that we have is because of what you've given us. Uh, and we're blessed that you have given us. The biggest gift that we have that I'm most thankful for, Father, is the gift of Jesus Christ. That blood on the cross and the fact that that perfect, perfect, beautiful man came and loved us before we even knew him so much that he wanted us all saved and he took the lashes and, and the slings so we did not have to so we could be free from those chains father thank you so much for jesus christ and it's in jesus's mighty holy name i pray amen oh sorry guys if that got a little lengthy there there's a lot of prayers that we needed right now, last night, I'm going to play some music. Last night, it just didn't um, want to let me end my show. We had the, you know, it was kind of like the song that doesn't end. It was the show that wouldn't end until it timed out. So I'm hoping that once the song is over, I'm going to attempt to shut it down. Um, but if it doesn't, then just bear with me while I work out the kinks and try to figure it out. 
Um, so I may have a little bit of a hot mic and may have some dogs barking when my husband comes in, but I'm very thankful that you're all here. If you don't make it back, um, for Thursday's show, then I understand, but know that I'm sending my love and blessings with you all. And I pray that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, tonight's lineup, we've got, um, Bards FM, I'm not Bards FM, I'm sorry. We got Bended Knee at 4 p.m. These are all Eastern times. Bards FM at 4 p.m. And then we have at 9, no, Bended Knee at 4 p.m. 9 p.m. we have Bards FM. 10.30 p.m., um, there's Kilted Christian. And I'm going to be on with Duncan tonight and Livin'. And I guess Conley's going to be there. I uh, wasn't aware of that, but that's fine. Um, sadly, Brother Jeff will not be on. I'll miss you, brother. But um, it's going to be a great night. And then um, at midnight, we have Fishers of Men. Tomorrow, Wednesday, is normal show schedules. I don't have anything on for tomorrow. Thursday. Thursday will probably be a pretty big lineup because I know everybody else is is going to be on. I know Jeff will be on for Brothers in the Bible on Kilted Christian, and that's going to kick off their whole Brothers in the Bible kind of marathon because I think they're doing it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that will be awesome. Um, I'll be doing my Thursday morning 11 a.m. Scripture, Sister on Scripture show. And then at, um, I think Scott said he's doing his. 7 p.m. I'll have knickknacks. 8 p.m. will be Echoes. Um, all of these are on Podbean. And then I believe he's doing his 9 o'clock Bards FM. Kilted Christian will be on at 1030 with the Brothers in the Bible, which will be awesome. I'm excited for that they're doing. I, um, I think they were asking for emails to email if you wanted to go on. And so you'll get to see the kind of behind the scenes stuff. They do theirs, um, Zoom. And Duncan's got some fancy smancy equipment that he's able to connect through um, onto Podbeam. So that'll be a wonderful show. And then Scott will be back on with Fishers of Men that night. Y'all have a wonderful blessed day, a wonderfully blessed week. And just know that Jesus still, Jesus loves us all. And he's going to give you what you need. So just ask him. And if you've got anything that's on your heart, go see Father for it. He will He will be there for you. He loves us all. And, and he wants to, to meet your needs. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day.